0: Welcome one and all to the Toad Professional Podcast. This is for the pros that are on the go who really want to know. I'm DJ Harrington, the Toad Doctor, your co-host. And the other co-host is Darren Weaver, president and publisher of the Toad Professional Magazine. Darren, how are you today, my friend?
1: Man, I'm fantastic as always, DJ, and just glad to be here excited about this program
0: yeah this episode you got me excited about it my friend this episode it for all of you you know Darren I and our guests are here you are there but this episode is really it will open like it did for me when Darren explained it to me it opened my eye to the future of electric vehicles so Darren how about if I go ahead and introduce our our guest for today
1: Fantastic. go right
0: ahead DJ. all right my friend uh Dalen Zarmond is the COO of energy security Agency and what I want to do is say hi to first of all say hi to Darren Darren uh, Dalen how are you today
2: I'm good sir I'm I'm happy to be a part of this today and, and happy to have the opportunity to address your audience and uh This is a group that we care deeply about and care deeply about keeping them safe. And uh, we're
0: excited about the future of this industry and the role we're going to play in that. Well, don't get excited now. We only had 5,863 people last episode. (laughs) 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 Dalen, tell us a little bit about yourself. And then, if you would, are the electric vehicles for real? And where do you see it in the next five years? Yeah, absolutely. Let me kind of hit that three-part
2: question one segment at a time. Uh, very quickly, I am a, uh, I'm a career firefighter uh, in a metropolitan area in Ohio. And um, I, I'm what's called a rescue specialist. So I'm a, I, I am very focused on the six disciplines of technical rescue, which are basically water-based rescue with, uh, with diving and ice diving. Um, cliff rescue or high angle rescue, trench rescue, collapse rescue, vehicle and machinery rescue, um, and confined space rescue. We, uh, I started a company about uh, 15 years ago called Rescue Methods, uh, and we travel around the world and teach and train military groups and other first responders and industrial groups how to perform those technical rescue disciplines. Uh, in that process, we stumbled into the world of batteries. So, we we started doing large, what we call large-scale destructive testing for research and certification purposes on lithium-ion battery systems about a decade ago. And it was when these systems were starting to come into play, uh, in primarily in New York City and the state of New York, and uh, they were basically taking, we wanted to take containers full of lithium-ion batteries and store them inside of parking garages and high-rise structures and allow these these occupancies to get off the grid, more or less. And the fire department in New York, FDNY, saw all these systems and said, what happens to these things when, when things go wrong, when, when the systems fail or when structures catch on fire? And to that point, uh, really no one in the world has done any, uh, you know, testing where they've taken these comprehensive systems and caused them to fail through external fire or internal short circuiting and figured out what, what's going to happen. So we were uh, the initial group that embarked on that journey. And since that time, uh, we have just continued to expand that capability to, to the point that now we are the, the world's largest and most comprehensive, large-scale destructive testing group for alternative energy systems. So when I qualify that, I guess I'll tell you that we have a, a huge battery test facility we work with a, a group of engineers, another uh, very prolific company called the. Uh, the Energy Safety Response Group, and um, we we bring in battery systems from all over all around the world, and we crush them, we expose them to external fire, we short circuit them, we eat them, um, and and sometimes that's for research purposes, sometimes that's to go to market and sell their products, um, and sometimes that's to write and design fire codes and safety codes. Uh, this includes vehicle batteries, um, so we've always been really involved on the extrication side and the rescue side of vehicles. But now we've added this whole other element of, well, what do you do with electric vehicles?
3: Uh, that's,
2: that's kind of my background and why we are where we are in relationship to, to and recovery associations. Um, we sat on some international and, and global groups and standards committees. Um, and we're, we're all kind of looking at this industry and, and how radically, um, electric vehicles and their prominence in the market are going to increase over the next five to 10 years. And we immediately identified that this is going to be a huge problem, uh, not just for fire and emergency services and law enforcement, but also for tow and recovery professionals. Uh, the standards that are uh, created by some of our federal assets, the SAE Society of Automotive Engineers, NTSB, um, uh, National Transportation Safety Bureau, these these groups have created standards for tow companies, and for first responders, um, advising them how they should interact with these vehicles. And we sat on the groups to kind of dialogue to discuss what these standards were going to look like. But what we realized was there was no mechanism to create or, or to communicate those standards to the industries that they affect. So we start talking to philip recovery guys, and most of them aren't even aware that there are standards out there that tell them, Hey, if you don't do these things with these vehicles, not only are you putting yourself in danger, but you're also going to be liable for things when things go south. So that was what uh, invoked us to, you know, under the under the behest of these federal groups, we decided to create the Energy Security Agency so that there was a, a group that could actually help communicate these standards um, to keep everybody safe and to make sure that everybody's interacting with these vehicles in an in appropriate manner. I hope that wasn't too long-winded, but I think that gets the, the first two parts of your question. The the last part, is it for real? Yes. Yeah. Um you look at any of the market trend studies, um, from any of your prominent financial groups or from any of the domestic or international, what we would call OEMs or vehicle manufacturers, by 2030, the, the consensus on projections is that about 60% of the vehicles on the roadway, uh, this includes you know, the, the vehicles that are left around that are that are still, you know, normal combustion type vehicles running on fuels, your electric vehicles are gonna occupy about sixty percent of the vehicles that are on the roadway by twenty thirty, uh, which is staggering. Uh, so if you're thinking about new production, you know, and production lines for new vehicles coming off the off the production lines, uh, that's probably an eighty to ninety percent production value by twenty thirty. So uh is it here to stay? Um you never know how long it's going to sustain itself, but I would say over the next five to ten years, uh, based on the fact that all your manufacturers have already converted all their production lines uh, and are moving in the direction of electric vehicles, yes, uh, the, these are going to be day-by-day an day increasing issue that we have to deal with uh, as, as tow and recovery professionals
1: and as first responders. Wow. Man, that's, uh, <clears throat> that is, that's phenomenal. That's a, a lot of, uh, rich information. I think our, our, our tow owners and our, our, our drivers, our tow professionals certainly have to, to, to know. I know we've seen it on our side, all the manufacturers, like you said, Daylin, Mercedes, Volvo, um, everybody, uh, moving to the electrical vehicle, vehicle side, even Dodge, uh, Ford, others. Um, so I guess that brings us to the next question. What, what are the real hazards these towers are facing when they, uh, when they pull up on a electric vehicle, whether it's a accident, it's a, uh, in the water or it's on fire? What are, what are the hazards they're facing?
2: Yeah, absolutely. There, there are three ways that we look at these um, systems. Okay. So all these vehicles, you have, you have hybrid electrics and then you have all electrics. The, the trend of where we're heading is, is with all electric. So when we say hybrid electric, that there is still a combustion engine in the vehicle, but it also has a high voltage system and an electric motor. Where we're headed is no combustion engines and just all electric motors. The first challenge for tow and recovery professionals is identifying that it even is that vehicle. So part of what we we try to facilitate um, when, when we're providing call services is we help the tow operators figure out what kind of vehicle they're dealing with. Um, You know, just seeing an EV logo or a green leaf on the side of the vehicle, that doesn't always tell them whether it's a plug-in, whether it's a hybrid, or whether it's an all-electric. Depending on what kind of vehicle you have, uh, not just, you know, the the generic version, but also make, model, gear, every one of these vehicles are different. So, in order to know what you're doing and what the potential hazards are and how you eliminate the hazards, you have to uh, reference databases they basically have engineering diagrams in them with manufacturer shutdown procedures as well as the federal standards. So you you got to kind of cross-reference all three of those things to make sure that you're doing what you're supposed to do in a safe manner. And the reality of tow professionals being able to do that out on the roadway, you know, trying to do that on your own. I mean, you can imagine having your phone out and trying to do a Google search for a you know, this vehicle, find a federal standard for this vehicle, find an engineering diagram for this vehicle, and then bring all those three together to figure out what is this thing going to do to me and, and how do I handle it? It's not realistic. So that's where we compile all that stuff into a quick reference sheets and protocols that we use uh, within our computer systems and allow us to give that guidance really, really quickly. As the guys are looking at the ha- hazard, um, there, there are three things that can damage these, these vehicles or these systems. One of them we call environmental abuse. Environmental abuse is very, um, basically, external heat conditions. So, external fire, external overheating, uh, even some ambient temperatures can affect how these vehicles respond when they're in really extreme thermal conditions. The second one would be what we would call physical abuse. Physical abuse would obviously be a collision and a lot of times, the collisions don't have to be that significant. So a lot of co operators may not be aware of the fact that they may have uh, conductors or some different uh, AC motor components that are in wheel wells. They're in close proximity to the wheels themselves. Um, I mean, you can even have a significant curb hit where your, your wheel is racked, and that can be damaging a conductor that is behind that wheel. Any, you damage any element of the high-voltage system that can create a short circuit. We call that an, an IFC, an internal short circuit. When you create an internal short circuit, um, that can cause the system to not operate the way it's designed to operate. The last type of, of damage is basically electrical abuse, and that's the result often of uh, that, that physical abuse. You can also have electrical abuse that just be, occurs because of, you know, a failure in the system, just an internal short circuit that creates creates itself because you're having, a you know, an error within your, your electrical system. So when these things happen, uh, the best way I can draw the picture for the audience is um, I, I use the analogy of shoes and shoe boxes and shoe racks. So, you know, if you take a Tesla, for example, the entire floor pan is batteries. Um, so think of the floor pan as the shoe rack. And then within the shoe rack, you have a bunch of shoe boxes. And then within the shoe boxes, you have a bunch of shoes. The shoes would be what we would call the batteries themselves or the cells. And these batteries, uh, particularly on the Teslas, they're they're called cylindrical batteries. So you can envision something that looks like a kind of a long AA or or AAA style battery. And there are, uh, you know, hundreds of those. Shoe box all packed in very tightly and then you may have hundreds of shoe boxes within the shoe rack. So, uh, when you have this internal short circuit or, uh, you know, traumatic damage to an area that affects where those batteries are at, those batteries start to get angry. Um, there's basically a, a positive and a negative side to each one of those cylinders. Um, and it, it's kind of in a film that's rolled up in that battery. And then there's a separator between them and that separator allows uh, lithium ions um, ion to transit back and forth and charge and discharge. But when they get damaged, that separator is no longer separating those materials and they come into contact really with one another. That's what creates the short circuit. When you get the short circuit, that causes heat. The heat basically starts to boil up what we call an electrolyte. So there's a, a, a gel in there that helps with conduction and it starts to, it, it's got solvents in it that are flammable. Uh, as it starts to heat, starts to boil, and then it will basically rupture one of those batteries, release pressurized gas that will catch on fire. That pressurized gas is also, um, can be very lethal, uh, you know, from a, from an inhalation perspective. Uh, and then it causes all the other little battery cells around it to get angry, uh, and then they all go into what's called thermal runaway. So the entire battery systems, uh, all those shoe boxes and all those shoes, continue to progressively heat up and rupture, heat up and rupture, heat up and rupture. So, uh, obviously, we have fire uh, hazards. We have atmospheric hazards with gas. That gas that's being released can also be explosive. And then there is a hazard related to shock. So, remember, with your high-voltage systems and your low-voltage systems, you have two different things operating in these vehicles. Your high-voltage systems can have, you know, anywhere upwards of 4,000 volts direct current. So you have to be very conscientious about what you do to interact with on these vehicles. Um, they're very, very safely and clearly denoted. You know, you want to avoid um, certain colors of systems and and certain components that are the high voltage components. But you can interact with the 12 volt components uh, all day. A lot of the manufacturers have neat little safety bypasses where there are you know cut loops and cables and fuses and relays that you can engage that are that are all low voltage voltage components. And when you cut them or or remove them, they they isolate the high voltage to the high voltage battery system and the high voltage cable, but they're not transmitting that high voltage anywhere else in the vehicle at that point in time. So, you know, when, when we say, well, what are the half? It's all three of those. And it really takes, um, you know, a specialist or an expert to help very quickly, uh, you know, a- analyze that vehicle with the tow operator based on damage based on how it presents, uh, based on what they're seeing with the vehicle to figure out what is the primary hazard and how do we how do we eliminate that hazard? How do we make it safe very, very quickly so that we can get a rig, get it put on the back of the, of the, of the tow vehicle and get a transporter from point A to point B? Um, sometimes that requires the tow operators to have to you know, keep the 12-volt system on because some of these vehicles, to put them into tow mode, you have to have 12-volt power to be able to do that. Um, but... There, you know, there, there's times where you can get up and there's times where you can't. It all depends on what the vehicle is, uh, what the damage level to the vehicle is and so on and so forth. If you just start rotating wheels and you have conductors engaged, um, you can be back feeding energy back into the high voltage system, which is going to, again, send the wrong, it's going to be electrical abuse. It's going to send the wrong energy to the wrong circuits to the, to the wrong components. And now that thing's on the back of the tow rig and you're halfway down the road. Uh, it starts to go into thermal runway and burst into flames. So all three very realistic hazards, uh, all three things that you gotta be conscientious about when you're interacting with these vehicles.
1: From what I understand, uh, Dalen, also the, the Model S and Model X will also soon lose their easy tow mode with a software update. And that makes a, another thing that causes issues, uh, moving these, uh, elect, uh, EVs for our tow operators.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, the other things when you, when you do lose 12 voltage power, some of these vehicles have override safety systems where, you know, when the airbags deploy, uh, they may communicate 12 volt shutdown. Uh, and, you know, you can take a Tesla, for example, you, you have an electric trunk or the, you know, the front trunk area, which is where you need to get to, to access, uh, your cut loops and some other components. Um, some of the co may not know, but there's, there's hidden portals in the front bumpers on some of the models. That have you know positive and, and negative wire feeds where you can hook a jump pack up to them and basically re-energize uh your latch mechanism. So you can open those those front cargo spaces to get to the components you need to get to. Um and then you know, like we inferred, some of these uh don't have any kind of cut loops at all. And you're trying to identify relays, breakers, fuses. And um there are a few manufacturers that still advise manual disconnects. Um you know, the other the other challenge is what do you do when the stuff that's that's easily accessible isn't isn't accessible anymore. You know, where the damage to the vehicle is so significant that you can't get to the loops or you can't get to the relay or the fuse. Either, oh yeah. Yeah, if you have potential damage to the to the high voltage components, um, you've gotta de energize the vehicle. Otherwise you run a really, really significant risk of, you know, an after action event and Um, Some of these can burst into flames in the storage facility uh, a month after they've been uh, involved in an event, Uh, especially with heavy submersion. That would be one of those environmental impacts. If if these have been in a pond, uh, you know, they've gone off the roadway and the battery's been exposed to high volumes of water, if you did have a fire with the vehicle and the fire department came out and choked it but all the batteries weren't completely compromised, um, you can have recurring events where over and over and over again uh, these things will continue to, uh, you know, develop a new spot, thermal runaway, off gas, catch on fire, and you're right back where you started.
1: Wow. Well, Dalen I, I tell you, it sounds like there's a a pretty steep uh, learning curve for our tow uh, our tow owners and tow professionals to to get on going forward. But um, I, I want to take this. I'm going to let DJ take us to break, and then I want to come back. And talk about uh, what's here, the mechanisms that are in place to help the uh, tow professionals in the industry with these
0: type things. Take it away, DK. You got it. That's a perfect lead-in, Darren. So let's take a fast break, and we'll be right back.
3: Tow Professional is the most comprehensive publication for the towing and recovery market, targeting 37,000-plus owners and key decision-makers nationwide through print and digital copies, Tow Professional is a resource for the following industry segments. Towing and recovery, emergency road service, towing for scrap, manufacturers and distributors, repossession and lockouts, motor clubs, police and municipal government. Tow Professional publishes nine issues annually, which feature company profiles, in-depth industry-related articles, and product spotlights. Tow Professional is a true B2B magazine that provides manufacturers, dealers, and distributors the opportunity to inform potential customers about their products and technology. Tow Professional, your resource for towing and recovery. This is the voice of the industry.
0: Welcome back one and all to the Tow Professional podcast. This is DJ Harrington, co-host and Darren Weaver is also here. We have a tremendous guest, Dalin from Energy Security Agency, has been a phenomenal guest. And, Darren, let's continue. You asked the next question to our dear friend. i be
1: glad to, DJ. Um, I guess my next one, Dalen, was this. Um, you know, talking about this steep learning curve and everything the towers are going to have to deal with, what is the mechanism in place or, or that's here now to help these towers in the industry? Yeah,
2: absolutely. I think it's two-phase. Uh, one piece is training. Uh, and certification to deal with these. The second piece is support. Um, to, just for now, we'll focus on the support piece. And the support piece is uh, we've got a 24-7 uh, call center. So if you call 855-ESA-SAFE, you will uh, go into a, a call center where a risk analysis specialist answers the phone. And all of these guys that are answering the phone, gals, are uh, career fire rescue professionals, that are battery specialists, so they're all engaged in this test facility that we have, uh, and they're all certified and trained with the, the, the different manufacturers on how to handle these vehicles. Uh, they'll walk through the four phases of what you may have to deal with, and um, they understand the, the time sensitivity that recovery professionals face, so the goal is to complete a, a risk assessment, or especially an initial call at least, within five minutes. Um, there can be an extended period after that, but that can be done sometimes back at the tow yard where you end up kind of doing a two piece call instead of a one piece call. Um, it's important that uh, individuals enroll with us as partners and there, there's no fees involved with us. Uh, it, it, actually it's a another note for another day, but we actually pay tow companies to be compliant. So we actually send dividends uh, to tow companies for initiating the call and completing their safety compliance stuff. Um, so you, you call, uh, you get enrolled, uh, and what we'll do is we'll send you a, a pre-package, which gives you stickers. Part of the federal standard requires you to label the vehicles, uh, with a color code sticker indicating the hazard level and, uh, the status of the high voltage system. Those are all pre-packaged. We ship those out to you guys. You would call. We do a quick assessment with you and address, uh, you know, your primary concerns. First concern would be, can you safely interact with the vehicle? Uh, what type of de-energizing do you need to complete to the vehicle? The second facts that would be, well, how, how do you tow it? Um, where are your tow connections? What can you lift? What can you not lift? Uh, can you drag it? Can you not drag it? How do you put it into tow mode? All those components. The third potential is cleanup. So if one of these have been ruptured or, or caught on fire to the point that they've displaced battery elements, uh, a lot of times you know law enforcement is going to look at the tow guys and expect them to basically clean up stuff that's laying on the roadway. It's very important that tone recovery professionals understand that if they see these batteries laying around on the ground, <clears throat> some of these batteries will still have a state of charge on them, meaning they still have energy in them, they can still off-gas and perforate, they can still catch on fire, they can do all of the above. And you have to handle these things very, very carefully and in very specific manners. So we give guidance on, on how to manage that piece, how to interface with the first responders that are on scene. And then your last piece is storage. Uh, the federal government also has standards about how these get stored. Uh, in a nutshell, they have to be isolated 50 feet in all directions. Uh, the typical standard period of time for that is 14 days minimum. That ensures that if those vehicles do go into a secondary event, they're not going to burn down your salvage yard, uh, and you catch, a, you know, catch all the additional vehicles on fire as well as your your structures that are in close proximity. So all things that we try and and walk you through in a very concise manner.
1: Man, that is, that is fantastic. And I, and I know you said earlier in the interview that, uh, this is something you guys have, uh, dug into and been doing research for many, many years, but it, uh, it sounds like, um, that the, uh, the stars have lined up as they say, because you guys are here inside the market right in the nick of time. And when the, uh, Owners need uh, the direction the most, and offering the, the service the way you're offering it is phenomenal. It's a win-win uh, for for the tow professionals, it sounds like to me. That's our hope, and,
2: uh, you know, we're very relational about this. I mean, the nice thing is we're, at the end of the day, we're all blue-collar firemen. Uh, we, we have nerd propellers on top of our head about batteries, but, uh, <laughs> you know, aside from that, uh, these are easy conversations, and uh, we understand the nature of, of being on a roadway and having to deal with vehicles, and the, the pressure that you guys are under to get moving and get moving quickly. And, and our goal is to, is to help accommodate that, to do it in a way that doesn't cost you money, but makes you money. And to do it in a way that keeps you safe, gets you home to your family, uh, protects your assets and your resources, your rigs, your tow yards, all of the above. Um, and at the end of the day, you know, we're assuming the liability. We're, we're trying to take on the ownership so that you guys are free to do your jobs Without uh you know having to worry about uh is this thing going to catch on fire after the fact and am I going to get blamed
1: for you know whatever it does or doesn't affect we're trying to make sure that everybody stays safe wow that is that is something else we 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 certainly appreciate it. i know our tow professionals will in the in the long run without a doubt dy and i'm gonna uh, let you take the next one dJ. I know you had a great question for him.
0: Well, because I read the article in the magazine, <laughs> which I, I want to tell all of our listeners, make sure you get to TOW Professional magazine so you can read the article about Energy Security Agency. But, Daylon, one of the things in the article talks about how easy it is for a tower to get a risk analysis and how simple it is once they get to the scene. So you really explained a little bit of, but maybe you want to do a, a little more.
2: Yes, sir, absolutely. Yeah, it's, uh, what you guys would want to do as tone recovery professionals is go to our website, which is energysecurityagency dot com. Um, if you go to the risk assessment tab at the top of the website, there's a form you can fill out very very quickly on there. That puts you into our system so that we can immediately send you out stickers and make sure that you're. Uh, equipped to 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 walk through the risk assessment process with us. There's also a video on there that you can use for all your personnel that shows them how the call process works. Um, and then as all you have to do is wait to interact with a hybrid
1: gig, when you get a hybrid or electric vehicle, again, you call. Hold, up, just hold up right there, Dave. Okay. Sorry, buddy. I uh, just wanted to stop it right there because it just went uh, into the the breakup stage on the phone. Um, okay. So uh, let's start back over. um where you start talking about the next thing is dealing with hybrid electric vehicles. Okay. So the very next step is you, you wait to get that
2: call to, to go interact with a hybrid or electric vehicle. And as soon as you get on scene, uh, you call 855-ESA-SAFE. You'll get one of our risk assessment specialists on the phone. They'll ask you a couple of very brief questions about what your primary need is. Uh, they'll get your contact info. Make sure they pull all your stuff from the database. And then they'll send you a link. Uh, this link allows you to take real-time photos of the vehicle. It pops right up on your phone. Because all you got to do is click the tiles, and it, it it captures photographs of the vehicle. That allows us to make sure that uh, we've got you covered, you know, down the road should something occur with the vehicle. We've got photographic evidence to show this was the nature of the vehicle at the time of the event, and so on and so forth. Uh, we'll give you real quick directions about what you need to do for uh, de-energizing that vehicle or turning that vehicle back on to be able to tow it properly. How to rig it? What your rules are for rigging and for towing? And then we'll discuss your rules for storage requirements. If you have any cleanup needs, we'll also identify your cleanup needs with you. And if you have first responders on scene, um, we are a good asset for you. So if the fire guys are pressing you to, you know, move move quicker and, and not conduct the assessment. Or if they're having problems, if, if they're interacting with the vehicle initially and they're, they're not sure how to extricate or how to put out a fire, you can always pass the phone right to them. And when they know they're talking to another fire professional, um, they're very familiar with us in many cases because of uh, how much training we do for the fireside. We can help give those guys guidance as well. So we kind of bring all those parties together, tell you what level sticker to put on the vehicle. Um, and then when you get back to your facility, you're all done. Um, the entire session is recorded. The entire session is in our database. So everything's captured and, uh, we're there to support you should things, uh, you know, change moving forward.
0: Darren, this was a great one. I'm telling you.
1: Yeah, I think it's, uh, fantastic. And it's, um, it's, things are happening so quickly with the EV market out there and the push for it. Um, somebody has to be on the the cusp of this. And, uh, with, with things like we talked about last week and, and Daylen touched on it as well, uh, you can't just pick one of these up and, and run with it, uh, especially with the Audis, BMWs, GM, uh, and, and Mercedes, uh, the, the different, uh, frames they're using, the Audi, Mercedes, and Volvo, the delicate aluminum alloy frames, you risk, uh, damaging the vehicle, blowing the windows out, or even bending the frame. So, uh, with, with this service being, uh, offered free to towers, Uh, they could just go in, uh, become a partner. Uh, it, it seems like a, a no brainer there. It's something that they need to do to protect theirself and protect their employees out there. Uh, when they're, when they're out there serving others.
0: Daylin, I think, can't thank you enough for all of the listeners, for all the great information you gave us about energy security agency. It was a, a great well, episode. want
2: to thank you guys for having me on. And, uh, just want to encourage all your listeners. We are we are here for you guys. We are uh, readily available to you. Go to our website at energysecurityagency.com uh, or call our dispatch line. There's also a business number on there. We are accessible to you guys for training. We're accessible to you for support. We're accessible to you for for resources. Um, our, our website also has a huge library on it uh, with a lot of the emergency response guides and other literature you may need. And uh, at the end of the day, we just want to provide a phenomenal service to you guys. So we love your feedback, love hearing things that you would would like us to do differently or better, or other needs you may have. So please, please reach out to us. Uh, please keep yourselves safe and and please get prepared for for the for the revolution of electric vehicles.
0: Boy, without a
2: doubt,
0: you got it right. I want to remind all of our listeners to make sure you download and listen. We're available on Spotify, iTunes, Pandora, Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartMedia, uh, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Remember to like, review, and share everywhere. We have a hotline number if you want more people like Daylon. By all means call 706-409-5603 and leave us a message, tell us where you what location you're at, what you know, towing a yard and so forth. And we'll add it to our next venue and our episodes will just keep getting better and better. And Darren, you picked a good one for today, my friend.
1: And I'll tell you, it was uh, very exciting. We're glad to have Daylan on. And as always to our, our listeners out there, we thank you. We appreciate you. Go take a look at the latest issue of tow professional. You can find us at towprofessional.com. You can find us on Facebook uh, with a full article Uh, on uh, ESA, on Energy Security Agency. As always, if you need more information for them, go to energysecurityagency.com or 855-ESA-SAFE. And as always, we pray ahead of protection around you and your family. Ask that you be blessed during this time and safe out there. Thanks again and continue to listen.